And now, ladies and gentlemen, the time has arrived. You are watching Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. Welcome to Southwest Boxing Media Speaks. Kieran here from Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. And welcome, please, as always, as we do each and every week, my co-host on the podcast, Mr. Tommy Langford. Tommy, how things make you good? All good, thanks, Kieran. All good, yourself? Yes, all good, thanks, mate. Um, happy, happy pancake day too. Not that it's going to mean much by the time it's out because it's not going to be pancake day. But still, happy pancake day too, mate. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, and mate, Andrew. I've I've had a few, like I've had I've had a few. So you have indulged in a few with you, Tom? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing, right. nothing special. Just a bit of a chocolate, chocolate spread on to, on a on a pancake, mate. Ah, good man, mate. It was coming the wrong time for me, actually, because um, I think I mentioned it last week too on the podcast, and he did get back to some training, back to <laughs> some eating healthy and some good diet. Then when I started it back last night, um, put myself for a really good run, felt good, felt great, eating sort of decent, um, and then today's bombshell and pancake day, so it's, it's gone out the window, really, mate. <laughs> uh, next week, mate, just next week, next Monday, next Monday, that's what I keep telling myself. Oh, Tommy, the problem is I, I say that all year round then. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, um, boxing was back in the UK on the weekend. And I think it's fair to say you certainly didn't disappoint me. Yeah, what a return, mate. What a return. <laughs> it, was, it was exciting. It was dramatic. Um, definitely shocked us. I think if, you, if anyone's listened to our previous podcast from last week, I don't think... Yourself or me said that we were going to see Maurizio Lara knocking out Josh Warrington. Definitely. No, no, we didn't. And having obviously that happened at the weekend, and then having looked back on it and things, you know, I think maybe there was a bit of a. I think I, th I don't think we were at fault either. I th you know, uh, the two of us. I think across the board there was a massive underestimation of his punching power. I mean. Yeah. To be fair, you look at his record, you can see he can punch, but you don't really, you think, well, he's not knocked out anybody of note. Do you know what I mean? It's not been like he's been knocking out at world level. But so you think, you know, it, that doesn't mean a great deal. Cause, and then he obviously clearly can, can whack pretty hard, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it just shocked me, mate, to be honest. Um, as you said, uh, I mean, when you do look at the records, so you, you go on the old box rec or you whatever, wherever you look at the records of of these types of guys, you know, I mean, you always look to see, like you said, you look for any names of note and you think, right, oh, is that somebody of note? But there wasn't really any, without being disrespectful, there wasn't really, as you've said, any of note on, on Lara's record or resume, if I'm honest with you. Although, like you said, there's a decent knockout ratio on there. Um, but yeah, he proved on the weekend he's he's definitely got heavy hands, mate. And um, he can punch, and I mean he's he's changed his life basically, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with him now putting himself right in the position for a world title shot, can you? Next, 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 next at the uh, next to have a bite of the cherry, really. I mean, yeah. that's what they were all talking about Warrington doing next, wasn't it? You know, so I think it's only fair, really, but. Fair play. I mean, 
it's, a sh- it's just so, it was such a shock, mate. I couldn't believe it. Really, I was I was a uh, bit bit uh, gobsmacked, really. I, but then I watched it, and then I watched it again, and I saw some things in there, and you thought, wow, maybe you know it wasn't. You know, like we said before, you know, 16 months out of the ring, you know, I think we brushed it. I think it was all too easily, not just me and not just you, but by everybody across the board, all the pundits, everybody. I think that 16 months out of the ring was kind of brushed aside too easily. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you look at that and you think 16 months is a long time and it's not making weight. And if you notice, I don't know if you noticed, but I thought he looked a lot more... I'm not saying the weight was the issue and the reason why what happened, what happened. But if things have not gone as smoothly as they always did before and not been as easy as they always did before, it can put you in, um, put you in a strange, strange feeling on the night. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I thought he looked very gaunt on the scales, Warrington. I mean, he's got high cheekbones, but I thought he looked, I thought he looked quite, you know, he looked, he looked like I used to look like really, really drawn <laughs> out on the scales, and and you know maybe maybe that was just because he he hadn't done it in a long time, wasn't used to it, but that can have an effect on you. And then in the you know it's got to be said, having looked back at it the next day and watched it again, he didn't look right, mate. Like if in the first round, yeah, his facial expressions and his movements, he was very sort of shuffly and hesitant in his movements and mm. um and and his facial expressions he, he he was was he was sort of an expression of what the hell's going on here do you know what i mean and yeah i mean that could obviously the geezer could bang hard and he you know he felt how hard he could hit and thought God, you know that's gonna shock you a little bit but it was a it was a it was a uh, an expression that we're not used to seeing josh warrington have he always it looks so collected in in his thoughts and so you know composed against the, the best that there is you know in Frampton and Selby and all that you know and so so uh stuck to you know um so regim- regimented in in his in his delivering of, of a plan of a game plan yeah and he looked like he just face like he just looked like he caught kind of what's going on he, his face made him say like what made you think like what's going on here and then it was like he did he had, didn't have another plan and and um obviously you know he got hit hard but it makes you think that these these fight and these fights in the lockdowns with no atmosphere and and it was really noticeable on on uh, Saturday you know yeah, how uh, we we said we we did mention last week as well we I think Josh is one of the fight one of the fighters who we can highlight and say is going to find that probably most difficult because we we touched upon it last week about that huge following that he's got week in week out. You know when he's whenever he's fighting, he's always got such a massive massive following. Yeah, and you know he does. He's a he's a type of fighter that thrives on the atmosphere. So maybe I'm not saying it would have changed the result because no. I think that would be a discredit to Mauricio Lara and how good he was on the night as well. But what I'm saying is, I mean, sometimes uh, you'll know more about it than me, Tom, being, you know, an ex-fighter yourself. Sometimes when the going gets tough in there, I suppose it's always good to have, you know, the roar of the fans who are backing you behind you to give you a bit of a lift or a boost when you need it, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, like, a, it's like a reserve, mate. I mean, and 
it it kind of looked like he was really unsettled in there. I mean, obviously, if you're in there with somebody who got real punch power and you yourself might have overlooked him slightly, everybody everybody else has overlooked him. So mm-hmm. kind of talking past him, talking at the next things, talking about Gary Russell's and all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden you get in the ring and this geezer hits you and you think, God, that, that was hard. Do you know this what I mean? Combining, and, like... <laughs> yeah, this kid can this kid can whack. And then your your thoughts, you know, that that you you get uns, you get unsettled. And then when you haven't got that raucous crowd behind you cheering and you know it, on every shot and on every instance and getting behind you, it can re- it, that could that could have really unsettled him. I think it was a it was a, like a, a cocktail of uh, of um, you know strange things really or you know 16 months making the weight again an unknown opponent overlooked opponent a big punch out and the lockdown situation just added all together injured his shoulder as well didn't he in the fight i don't know if you noticed that and i think it's been said after in the aftermath of the fight as well that there was sort of some sort of shoulder injury seemed to have picked up in the fight as well yeah, um, like you said before, though, like you just said, I, I, I'm not making excuses for Warrington, and I don't think that's an excuse for the fight. I think, I think he got it. It he got it wrong, and it was the yeah. wrong, the wrong, the wrong fight for him. I mean, who's who? Uh, it does begs to beg the question: Who's matching these fights? Do you know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. We want to see the fighters fight good fighters, but. Mm. And and top fighters, but this is the first fight back in sixteen months. Who's looking at that, like uh, Mauricio Lara, and going having analysed his record because that's what they do, matchmakers and all the rest of it. You you analyse the record, analyse who they beat, and watch. Do, the do you think maybe? Do you think maybe they haven't, or Tom? Maybe, maybe well, this they is haven't. it. This yeah. is this is it. There's been a complete overlook of this of this fella, and he's gone in there, and he's you know. And he's 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 made it he's made it count, and I mean you can't blame him. You, well, obviously you can't, but I mean you got to give him the utmost credit. Really, he's got in there, and he's completely it's just flipped the script, man. I mean, yeah, he just blow, he just blown him away, isn't he? And I mean, we're talking about you, the, the man who is regarded by everybody. I think you know before Saturday night as the best featherweight on the on the planet, the man who this was supposed to be just a tune-up fight. Four bigger things, as you've said there, the Kanjus, the Garius, the Juniors. You know, this is what it was supposed to be, but Maurizio Lara obviously didn't read the script right. <laughs> no. I mean, like, obviously, the thing is, you, like, if you, I, like I said, I watched it a second time, and like, I really, really watched it, and you look at their body languages and everything, and that Mauricio Lara was so relaxed and so fluid in there, and... uh you know, obviously he's hitting hard with with his punch, but he, he he was so composed and relaxed. And you look at how many times he's fought last year, even during the lockdown period, he fought like four times. You know, so he's he's fresh. He's used to it. This is a completely d- different scenario for Warrington. And then you look at Warrington's body language, and he was jittery, n- nervous movements, and uh, you know, it, like I said, the facial expressions, and it it just. He ju- it was just wrong. It was all wrong, and you just it, like you said, begs to qu- the question's got to be asked: Who found him? Who found him as a combat fight? <laughs> who found yeah. Mauricio Lara as a combat fight for for Warrington? It's the wrong fight. I mean, I, I, I saw Joe Gallagher. But, but whoever whoever it was, Tom, they haven't done their homework. As, as that's what we're trying to no. say. They haven't done their homework on him. They obviously not. 
No, I mean, I mean, I saw, I saw Joe Gallagher put a tweet out as well the next day, um, saying, you know, wishing Warrington all the best and saying how unfortunate he is, and you know, he, he, um, he made, he made a comment about the, the rhythm of the fighters. It's very difficult. It's very different fighting American, you know, Latin American fighters. They've got a, a very different sort of rhythm to their, to the way they fight and the lockdown fighting the fighter like that, where you can't have the sparring, you can't replicate that sparring of that sort of, you can't import people because of the rules and the coronavirus and and all the rest of it, because you can't do that. It really, it will have affected the preparation. And so then when you get, get in there and you've got a, um, someone in front of you doing or moving or, or acting in a way that their fight is acting, it, it can really, you know, disrupt your disrupt your your style and your approach. I mean, like I said, I'm not making excuses. I think it was a tremendous win for Lara on the on yeah. the flip side. Talking about Lara, you know, I, I, mean, I think that's that's a big thing, Tom. Because I, I I was thinking when I was putting all together, you know, for the podcast, and I was thinking back over the fight and and how we were going to talk about it. I was thinking I don't want the podcast to be you know such a, a discredit to the performance of Lara because. I mean, he's had the, this. This kid has had a night of his life, hasn't he? And although yeah. there are factors we think of of coming to play with Warren, and as we mentioned, the time out of the ring, inactivity, ring rust, whatever you want to put it down to, lack of research on this guy, whatever you want to put it down to, I, I think it's important that we don't discredit how good Mauricio Lara was on the night as well, isn't it? As you said there, Tom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at the way he fought, he fought, he fought the fight. Uh, brilliantly, really. Uh, he he had, he was not in awe whatsoever of Warrington. He went in there and he completely established his dominance from the from yeah. the get go. I mean, he got a bit wild occasionally, but you've just got to say that he probably did that because he he didn't feel w- one bit threatened. I mean, that is no. that's saying something. Isn't it? You're getting in the in the ring with a world champion, well, the, the former world champion, arguably number one in the world, and you're just not one bit in awe, not one bit. Not one bit threatened by what they're doing, and, yeah. and, and I mean, and so he, you know, exploded all, exploded all over him. We were talking about that Warrington was going to be the one coming out delivering an explosive performance, and it was the other way around, man. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it, that's it, that's it, the last thing we said on the podcast last week, wasn't it? We we didn't sort of go into a prediction too much, but I think we both agreed upon that we expected Josh Warren to deal with him explosively, you know, and. And maybe this time out of the ring was going to be something where he could vent all the frustrations and, you know. But, yeah, yeah like you said, he just went the, the complete opposite way, Tom. And, Tom, something else that we, we've got to talk about, it seems to be a common talking point after any fight night or any show, unfortunately, at the moment, is uh, we'll come on to the judges later, by the way. Huh. We'll come on to that with Kiko Martinez and Zelfa Bar. We've got lots to talk about with that. But before we come on to that, officiating in this fight has been... Criticised slightly afterwards as well. Um, some have said maybe, I mean, could could the referee have stopped it a bit earlier? Could the team have stopped it a bit earlier? Uh, how did you see that? Because Josh did look hurt, didn't he? I think it was in the fourth round. Yeah, quite uh, quite badly hurt. How did you see it, Tom? Listen, he was he was hurt. He was he was still he was still out really on his feet even after the count, and mm. he took he took some shots following that, but. The referee has given him the, the benefit of that. It was close to the end of the round. It was close to the end of the round. They had to get through. Um, 
I mean, uh, I, I think the only time we could have stopped that fight other than when it was actually stopped was 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 the fourth round. You, you know, there, there, were, there was an yeah. argument to say that there was, a, there was a few shots went in after he got up from the knockdown and Warrington still looked gone. That, that of course, of course, that is an argument to say the fight should have been stopped at that point. But the referee yeah. probably has gone 10 seconds left. You know, I'll give him, give him the minute, see if he recovers. I mean, I, I can't, I, I'm not one, I'm never one to really, I mean, apart from judging, by the way, I'm not really one to criticise referees because they're often put in a, they're put in a tricky situation and they get... Yeah, uh, it is difficult. We've got to respect you know, that fact, haven't we? They get it slightly wrong and they get, they get crucified for it. I don't think he did anything too wrong. I mean, like I said, if you're going to go... I mean, if you're going to go completely out on the... You know, and uh, of the, it, we're talking about protection of the fighters. Probably should have stopped it the fourth round. But we're talking about a referee who's under huge pressure... This is the former world champion. He's, mm. you know, he should be, you know, <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. There's he's very got, short he's probably as shocked. He's probably shocked as the rest of the world. He and Josh. Yeah, Ward there's a very, in front of yeah, like that. you know, <laughs> there's a very short time left in the round. Probably, you know, I think he's given him the benefit of the, I mean, as a fighter, you, I mean, I remember when I was stopped and I got hit early in the round. And yeah. I still, to this day, will say, I think I could have made it through the round. I, I still, to this day, think I could have got up. And because you do as a fighter, and I, I, I knew I had my wits about me uh, in terms of I knew what I had to do to survive. I knew I knew what I had mm. to do, and I, I thought, you know. So when you're talking, when you're thinking like that, you think. And but I had a long time to survive, and then so the referee in. To me, I didn't want to get stuck, but then everyone else has said, like, you had a long time. It, it was probably the right yeah. thing to do. If you'd had 30 seconds left, you know, we wouldn't have felt bad about him letting you carry it on. But we were all calling for him to stop it. This is my parents were saying that. You know, my dad was saying, I want him to stop it. My coach mm. wanted him to stop it, you know, and things, because there was that amount of time left in the round. Now, there wasn't that much time left in that fourth round at that point. So, I don't... I'm not a jumping on the. I'm not jumping on that bandwagon of the referee should have done, should have stopped it, and all the rest of it. I think there's there's an argument to be said for the corner um, to make a decision. Most definitely. Maybe um, so. Maybe do you think? I know in um, analysis afterwards on Sky, I don't know if you saw it. Johnny Nelson and Adam Booth had, had a bit of a conversation about, it and I think mm. they were asked a similar question to what I just put to you. And I think it was Adam Booth that said, you know, that maybe if it was him in the corner and that was his fighter, he would have possibly not sent his fighter out for the fifth round. So do you think maybe that would have been more something to look at other than pointing the finger at the referee? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I don't think you can blame the referee for doing what he did. And actually, if you look at the fight that after the fourth round, he came out in the fifth and sixth and seventh, eighth, you know, Oh, he was getting tagged, which was un- which is unusual anyway for Warrington. But he was getting tagged from round one. But yeah. like he wasn't looking still out of it. Do you know what I mean? So you can't. So I think then at that stage you've got to you've got to you've got to say the corner's got to do something. I mean, to be honest with you, to be perfectly honest with you, I think there was something wrong from the get go 
Like I, I, I mean, I saw Peter McDonough did a um, a little Instagram live saying that uh, you know the corner should have noticed something and done something sooner. Warrington was getting tagged from round one. He looked, he looked, he looked shook from early on. Um, I mean, it's very difficult to say, but if your man's not right and not the way you think he should be operating, and he's getting caught, which he was getting caught. Early, he was getting caught from the from the very first round with hard shots. There is an argument to say that the corner should have thought this is wrong here. There's something up with our kid. There's something up here. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you know your if you know your fire, you know if they're right or wrong. And I mean, I'm not one to I'm not one to jump down, jump on the thing and say you know court like cornerman should throw the towels in. This should be done. Referees should stop the fights and all that. Yeah, shit. Like, I, I think that's a very it's very hard. Hard road to go. It's it's an awkward road to go down. That one is of, of criticizing people that are doing their jobs. Do you know what I, I mean? Agree, I agree with you with it, and I'm glad you said that on because I, I it happens quite a lot and it gets highlighted. But I suppose we've got to respect the fact of that's Josh's team. I mean, it's, let's not forget it's Josh's dad in that corner as well. He knows yeah. Josh better yeah. than anybody. So we've got to respect their judgment, their decision, and their call. I mean. You know, Josh's dad is in that corner. He's not going to keep Josh in there if he thinks he's in danger, is he? So we've got to respect that fact, and it's a good point you make in there. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think having, like you said, that no one knows you better than your than your dad, and uh, in terms of, it's a funny one though because I think, par- I never liked parents in the corner. Really, because you because it's very very difficult. Like I think my my dad would probably would have thrown in a towel in a few fights when I wasn't even yeah. hurt. Do you know what I mean? Just depends which which mind frame you take as 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 a, as a corner man. If you there's can, if roles, you can, there's two roles then in that corner. See, isn't there? There's there's the role of a parent and there's the role of a professional yeah, if, role of being a trainer. If you can step back from the parent side of things a li- at, to 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 be the, to be a coach, which I think you have to do. To have a proper coach and coach boxer relationship with your child, you have to be able to separate family life from boxing life because it's completely you can't have that. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, like I said, I, I'm not going to be saying. I mean, I think probably there could have been. I think I think if you, anyone's going to say something could have should have been done, it's it's the corner. The corner probably should have. If they felt he was un, unable to continue, if they felt he was. Uh, you know, not not it, not safe to continue. That you know, there could yeah. have been they they should have thrown a towel in. I, but having said that, like you just said, nobody knows Josh better than the corner. Um, they might have seen him take more. They might have seen him take that. You know, and let's not forget, there's a lot of pressure on. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure. It's not just a straightforward. I mean, it is when you're talking about health. It is a straightforward decision when you're mm. talking about. What's riding on this? Like you're talking, like I mean, masses, uh, not just for for what, like for Warrington, but also for the whole team, everything. But more so, I think you'd be thinking about your son. You'd be thinking, there's so much on this. Like if he loses, if I throw the towel in here and I take this away from him, and he could come back from this. I've seen him come back from fight. I've seen him come back from. Uh, you know, shots like that and be fine. I've seen him come back and win. I've seen him, come, you know, he, he, yeah. he'll be all right. He'll, he, and then, because you, you start thinking, 
he was going to get a million pound for Russell or, you know, do, do you know what I mean? Mm. And you, and so then you start thinking, if I throw this towel in too early or if I pull him out too early, then... So you start second-guessing yourself. I think this yeah. is why it's very, very difficult to have a to have that father-son relationship in a corner because you think mm. uh, there's two different ways, three different ways you think about the same situation. But I'm not going to be so I'm not I'm not someone to to be to blame anybody for anything that that happens. You know, they 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 go by their job and they go by doing what they feel is the best thing at the time. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes sometimes pundits and uh, presenters uh, in particular there's there's a few on Sky you know they get jumped up and they think they're above what, above their station they shouldn't be saying mm. things that, sh- that they're not comfortable with that was someone saying about them do you know what I mean so yeah yeah no I, I think it's a well, well put point you made it Tom definitely but you know thankfully Josh seems to be okay I, I know he's posted on social media since that he's had the checks that were needed you know and he's home and recovering with his family which is which is most importantly great to hear, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and undoubtedly we'll see him back. Do you know what I mean? He's a fighter. Yeah. Through and through. He'll 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 be back and, and you see he's got rid of he's got rid of the ring rust. <laughs> yeah, he's got not in the way you would have liked to, but yeah, he's he's no. definitely got rid of that ring rust. Um I just want to put a question to you about Lara. Um do we think Lara will look at him and each Lara will think, well, do you know what? At one point, this could have been for a world title, and I could have been waking up on Sunday morning as a world champion. Or do you think the win was so big and life changing in itself that you'd probably have woken up on Sunday morning feeling like a world champion anyway? Yeah, I think the latter. I think what you just said there. I think it, I mean, you you, you are going to think, oh, what if? What if the IBF? Yeah. Never, but if if the IBF, but let's put it let's put it this way: if he never got stripped, of, if they never uh, uh, handed it. What's it called? Um, reneged the belt. If you never give the belt yeah. up, then you know he wouldn't have fought Mauricio Lara, would he? No, no, exactly. So, no. so at the same time, if he'd still been the champion, Lara probably wouldn't even had the fight. So Lara's in a situation now where he's leaped, jumped over the queue to be the number, the, the hot one to to fight anybody. I mean, if we're talking about who who. Like who would Lara fight now? Like, I mean, I've got to be honest. I think, I think someone like Galahad's all wrong for Lara. Like, let's say, I mean, obviously it could be Jazza Dickin, but yeah, let let's let's go down the route of Galahad was the number uh, was the next in line to fight. You know, he was the mandatory. He was the reason. Well, suppose <laughs> could have been the reason why Morrison vacated and all the rest of it. If we go down that route, that. It could be. I think Galahad's all wrong for someone like Lara. I think Lara Lara suited to Galahad. But then, if Lara wants to fight someone, if he get he could he could get the shot as you, or he could get the shot at Russell. And what an entertaining fight those would be. <laughs> yeah, and you know? the thing is, he, he's propelled himself now. Obviously, his stock has risen massively after beating Josh Warren down on Saturday night. And you know, there'll be I'm sure there'll be further big opportunities, big fights now for him, and probably on the matchroom shows. I'm sure. I'm sure Eddie will want him back on the shows after, you know, that performance on Saturday. Um, what, about, what about Josh then? Uh, we talked about, obviously, you had the Kanzu fight there waiting, really. Yes. You had the junior fight waiting. Do you think the next move for Josh now will be wanting the rematch to right this wrong? Or do you still see him chasing other things, Tom? Nah, it, I, I, think, I think the rematch would be the wrong move right now. 
like an immediate rematch would be the wrong move. Um, mm. I think for a lot of reasons, men- mentally, physically, you know, I think mentally, if you if you have that immediate rematch, you think you, that's all you're thinking about. You pl- he needs to put that behind. He needs to just as best as he put. It'll always be there, and, he'll, and undoubtedly, at some stage, he'll probably have a rematch. But yeah. And a re- uh, like going down the lines of an immediate rematch. Although, however much he might want to put things right, it's probably not the right, right way of doing it. He needs to go out now. He needs to get himself back in a positive mind frame, establish himself um, again. You know, uh, two, two, two or three fights before before getting you know looking at something bigger. I mean. I think yeah, th- um, things change so quickly in boxing, Tom. Today, you know, we're not talking yeah, about how Josh Warrington's gone out out Saturday night. We're not saying how he's he's gone right to the back of the queue to get a world title shot again. I mean, he's still such a massive name in that division. He's still be regarded as one of the best in the division. I still think he will be. You know, people may say this was just a one-off. You know, this won't happen again. Um, so he's still, like you said, one or two maybe fights away from being back in 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 a good position again, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's he's a few he's a, he's a few fights. Um, I think uh, yeah, he's a he's a few fights away from 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 being in a, in a in a in a position where he can sort of challenge for something again. And but he's going to be an appealing op- opponent for anybody because you know, yeah, he, you know he he has the following and he he he's. He's got the wins on his record against some big big names. Do you know what I mean? So he's going to be. He's going to be an appealing fight for anybody. I think that he he needs to just go back. He needs to assess what went wrong, why it went wrong, figure out figure out what it was. Because I think there was more things there. It wasn't just ring rust. I think there's more things under underlying there, and and he needs to figure out what it is. And you know, he might decide I want to do it anymore. I mean, if he mm. wants to come back, I think I'm sure he can. He says you know mm. it's all positive right now, but if he doesn't want to, like. Who can blame him, man? Made some money, you know. He's mm. been world champion, you know. He's got a lovely family. I mean, I'm not saying he'll do that, and I don't think he will. I, no, I, I don't think he will. He, he strikes me as a type of person that he'll want to, like you said, he'll want to lick his wounds a little bit, as we say, and um, yeah. you know, get back to the drawing board. Look at, as you said, what went wrong, and um, get himself back on that train to putting things right. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's the only way he can go in it. That's 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 all he's got to do. Get yeah. get back get back in the gym and and uh, right the wrongs. <laughs> Definitely, mate. Well, other talking points on the card. Well, the yes. other big talking point on the card really was. Uh, I'll be looking forward to getting to this one, mate. To be honest, so, <laughs> the scorecard madness. That's what I've labelled it. Scorecard madness. Now, yeah. it's something I'm seeing happening far too often in boxing for my liking. I'm sure you've seen it over your, your time in your career, Tom. Um, I yep. on the I've, end of a I've, few uh, dodgy decisions yourself, I should imagine. Yeah, I've been on the end of a few, mate. <laughs> and, you know, so just, just tell me your thoughts, Tom. You're on, on those, I'm going to start with this. Those two scorecards in particular, scoring it 118-1111 to Zelfa Barrett in his fight against Kiko Martinez. Now, for me, personally, I thought it was disgraceful scoring for from what I was watching. Do you agree, Tom? Yeah, it's abysmal scoring, that is. It's, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, sometimes you get fights where nothing happens in the rounds. Like, they're very low-action rounds. or And 
you you can kind of or they're 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 very close rounds, but they're all close rounds, and then you can kind of say depends which perspective you pick it. Now the thing with the with the fight on Saturday, um, there was rounds there that they weren't even close. Yeah, like I, agree. I think like the the a lot of the rounds that um, Martinez won. They were lopsided to Martinez. I couldn't see any other... I've, when I watched that again, I couldn't see any other way that you could score a lot of those. You know, so probably, let, let's say six of... six. See, I, I scored it 7-5 in rounds. Yeah. But say six of those, six of those rounds uh, to Martinez, I couldn't see another way. I, didn't, I couldn't find a way that I could score them for um, Barrett. The Not five rounds, yeah. but the five rounds that I gave to Barrett, I might have been being generous to Barrett. Do you know what I mean? Like they they were really close rounds. Bar- yeah, the Barrett, yeah, the Barrett, saying, but but the Martinez rounds, there was there was no, there could be no argument in them, as you say, and that's the point you're making, Tom, isn't it? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like so, so when at the end of the fight, you think, well, I think he was far more dominant throughout because the, his rounds were so. Clearly, his rounds, as opposed to the ones that I'm giving to Barrett, that really you could have made a case for them for being uh, Martinez. I think there was probably only met, there was two, maybe three rounds that I thought, well, that's a clear Barrett round. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, all like, but the know, others were quite. But the, the others, others yeah, the others were Barrett quite nip and tuck, weren't they? Like you said, yeah, you, you know, yeah, I could have easily given the others. That I gave Barrett to to um, Martinez. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 for the life of me, how you score it, uh, how anybody found it, like, found it that. Like, like, what was it? Like eight rounds or what, ten what they, rounds? What are they watching, Tom? I just I can't get my head on the fact that we're all watching nah. the same thing. We're, we're all watching exactly the same thing, and yeah, I just I, I just can I just cannot see how. From watching that, I mean, I've watched back the fight another two times afterwards just to see if I could make a case for anything close to what the judges are. I knew I couldn't from my first, you know, initial seeing the fight. But watching it back again, I thought, right, is there any case I can make for how the judges see it? Like, and I, I just can't. I cannot do I can't see how they, how can they score it so badly wrong? Like, this is what I don't, you know... <sighs> I understand that when you're looking at fights and you're looking from a perspective of you've you like if you if you if you go to watch am at a boxing show and you know the fighter in the red corner you're watching the fighter in the red corner as opposed to watching the one in the blue you so you're noticing what they're doing a lot yeah. more than you're noticing what the blue's doing so you are without un, unknowingly even though you're not going to say I want him to win or but if you know they're a good fighter and you you know that where they're from or whatever that you're you're watching them, and so if in order for the blue to beat to to take to switch around, he's got to do something to do that. So you, I can see how you can sort of go down the line of when when the rounds are close, you can mm. you'd you'd have a favorite you you know because you're watching them to do something. So I can understand how some of the rounds. If you're watching Barrett and you're thinking he's doing what he said, you know, he's boxing well on the back foot, he's landing, he's throwing some nice jabs, you know, he's staying out of trouble, 
if you're seeing the positive sides of what he's doing, then you're going to think he's doing well. But mm-hmm. if you're watching it as a neutral and you're going, yeah, he's on the back foot, but all he's throwing is a jab. And he's not landing any, any meaty punches. And actually, when you look at it, he's missing with his jab. And then mm-hmm. um, Martinez, you know, as, this is what I was saying to you in the podcast before as well. The, the, uh, he had a lot more intelligence about his work than Barrett did. Yeah. Barrett, Barrett, was, Barrett was consistently missing with his... Uh, he was throwing his jab. But he was consistently missing or sliding. But if it's not, if it's not the landing, head. you can't score it, Tom. Can you? I'm no, of course, no, no, of course not. Of course not. And yeah. then, so he's not hitting the target, right? Hmm. Uh, why don't he lower the jab? Why don't he punch at the chest? When you're fighting someone small and they're making themselves smaller, which is what Martinez did, because that's what you do when you're a small fighter. You want to make yourself as small as possible. You you punch lower. They can't duck. You know, you so you you punch you punch lower, you punch at their chest. He never aimed lower, and when he did, he actually stopped him in his tracks and slowed him up. But the whole other time, he was punching high, and he, you know, to at the top of his head, Martinez was slipping and sliding underneath it. Whereas Martinez, even though he was the shorter guy, when he backed up, uh, when he backed up Barrett, he just punched at his chest and his body, and he didn't yeah. miss. He didn't miss the target. And so when you're saying that, you're saying, well. All his work was successful. All of Barrett's work, not like, like some of Barrett's work was successful. So again, it's a it's a massive percentage sway for um, for Martinez. You know, so I, I, it's really difficult to even understand how they can get that. And and I think I think we need to hear from the judges that score things like that. You know, you know what, I, I'm so glad you said that because that's literally what I was just going to say to you next. I'm not sure it's something that would realistically happen. In fact, I, I don't think it is going to happen. But I, I think, as you just said there, I think you hit the nail on the head. These judges should have to come out and explain somehow how they've come to score in the fight like this and how they've how they've seen it like that. I, I really do believe that, Tom, because results like this, you know, again, is so badly wrong on scorecards like that. It's tarnishing the sport, and it's not. It's not even if it's a one-off. It's happening far too frequently now in boxing, Tom. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, way too often. I mean, oh, there's there's so many occasions in there. That's what's a joke. There's so many occasions you can't you can't even. It's not like you can pick out just a few. There's loads of them. Like there's too many to even name. I mean, I, I again, like we said before, when you it, someone's doing a job, so. Ha- to criticise a job, how can you criticise, you know, it's hard to criticise someone doing a job and ask them to explain their, ask someone to explain their job. Mm. If you're doing that, then you're, you know, it's, then if you, if you go to work and someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do or you don't feel they're doing what they're supposed to do and you ask them to explain themselves, you know, you're getting close to giving them a bollocking, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah. when you, when you're asking judges to explain themselves, you know they're going to go on a defense. They they know they're in for a bollocking, but they sh- they need to- judges need to feel that they're going to have that sort of that there's that come there is that. Scrutiny. If they get it wrong, they're going to yeah. Come under I mean, they're going to yeah. have to come out. They might have to come under something. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't. I've never really liked the idea of publicising scorecards. Hmm. But if you did that, what you know what they're doing? Is it the WBC or? Who does it? Or in America, after four rounds, 
eight rounds and or six rounds, five, three rounds, six rounds and nine rounds, they they let their scorecards be known. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. I think it is a WBC. I think the only thing, the advantage of doing that is if there's, you, you can't hide. The judges can't hide and then just hand in the scorecard and the winner be announced. Because if there's a, if there's a, a joke of a decision that's going to happen, there'll be uproar. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. I think that is a line that maybe things are going to have to go down because you, you've got to be able, I don't know that you can, I don't know that people are going to be able to say to judges, explain yourself. You know, where did you get, you know, they they need to have, they, they'll do the, how that will happen privately. Like they'll go to the boxing board of control and it might all sit down around a table and, you know, uh, it will be asked, like they'll be asked by Robert Smith, you know, explain how you got your scores. It's become under great scrutiny. It needs to explain how you got your scores and we'll go through the fight and we'll, we'll see how you've got that that way. And there'll be a number of other judges there and they'll say how they've scored them and all the rest of it. And, that, you know, but that's not enough, is it? Doing it no. privately isn't enough. In, in, I, I agree. I think it's got to be done. I think it has got to be done publicly. I'm not sure how realistic it is to actually happening. I don't know if it is something that will realistically happen, but I, I, I'm of the opinion, and I think that they should have to publicly come out and, and explain that. And I just want to ask you, speaking of publicly as well, do you think it's good that Eddie sort of publicly criticised the scoring of the judges after the fight as well, even though Barrett is, of course, his man, you know, under him? Um, do you think it's good that he came out and he criticised it as well and he was, you know, he was quite open to the reality of how bad that scoring was? I think, uh, yes, he was right to criticise it, uh, 100%. Um, I think it wasn't, it can't be very nice for Barrett to hear that, though. You know, yeah, yeah. As yeah. he's, he's, but I suppose he's a promoter of a show, isn't he? He's a promoter of a show. He's not, it's not, it's not personal. You know, I, I think, I think, um, I think he did the right thing, really. I think he addressed, he addressed the fact that there was, that it was poor and, um, it shouldn't be allowed. There needs to be an immediate rematch. Um, and they need, you know, separate judges on the panel. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, you know, I mean, I, I, where, where were the I see, I can't even, where were the judges from? Were they all British judges or? Cause it yeah, was, I, I think, I, I think they were actually, I think they were. Yeah. See, you know, it's for, it's for it. Inter- was it international or intercontinental title or whatever? There should yeah, be. Yeah, IBF. Yeah, that's right. There, need, yeah. there needs to be some neutralized neutralization in the scoring. Do you know what I mean? It needs to be one from because one from one, one from well. one from Britain, one from Spain, and one from a a random country. You know. Yeah, so, uh, because what we what we don't want as well, it, it, we don't want it ever stopping fighters wanting to come over to fight because we don't want it turning into. That feeling of what it was like for fighters yeah. going to Germany for years or going to yeah. Russia for years, you know, where you sort of go in there and thinking or you know in about corrupt scoring, and then you think, well, oh, I'll never get a decision win there, and it it comes then to that sort of old cliche of you've got to knock your opponent out just to get a draw. Do you know what I mean? We don't want it turning into that, do we, Tom? No, I mean, no, it's, we don't want that to happen, and I don't think it will happen because there's been that much. There's the, there's been that much um, you know uproar about it. There's been that much said about it that I, I, I 
I don't think I don't think we we uh, you know I don't think we want that to happen in our boxing in this country. I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> there's biasisms and and all that that happens within the country. You know, when you talk, in terms of in terms of domestic fights, if in the amateurs, like I remember, like you were saying then about uh, you know we don't have to go to um, Britain and knock them out just to get a draw. Like, there's a running joke when you're an amateur boxer. Like, if you go to London, you've got to knock them out to get a draw. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then, to be fair, mate, I could say this if we went and, I went and fought in Wales regularly, mate, and it, it was the same over there. You had, to, you had to win heavily to get anything yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, though, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They like they, yeah. they like to protect like to protect their own in Wales, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, careful! I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pulling the plug on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's certainly something that I hope it doesn't come to you know that fighters are not wanting to come over because of the worry of, like I said, it being like a, a Germany or Russia. I'm, I'm hoping that it's something that can be sorted and certainly doesn't come to that because it's um. It's not on, mate. It really isn't. Tom, I, I just want to quickly, I am wary of the time. Um, I know yeah, we don't yeah. want to run over too much because we want to keep our listeners with us and uh, not sending them off to sleep. <laughs> but um, just quickly, just looking at the rest of the card because I think it's only fair. We've talked about the sort of, the well, we've touched upon the negative stuff there just now. I guess it's only fair that we touch upon the rest of the undercard as well quickly without yeah. going into it all too much. Was there anyone on the rest of the undercard that particularly impressed you I got to say I was very impressed by Dalton Smith I was personally looks a great talent coming through yeah he looks a good looks a very good talent um, you know he was very he was he was impressive he did everything that he was supposed to do and 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 Sean doing it um, so yeah he was he, you know he's definitely one to watch and definitely one that we can see moving through you know if he keeps doing that to opponents as he goes up through the uh through the calibers, but you know, can see him moving on quite quickly, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, seven and oh, no, but he, like you said, he looks he looks a classy operator. And he, um, what I like about him as well, he carries a bit of spite in his punches as well. And you know, obviously, he got a he stopped his opponent in the third round Saturday night, yeah, seven and oh, yeah, no. um, yeah, things things look good for him, mate. Yeah, they do, they do look, they look promising, you know, like you said, he's still, you know. He, in boxing terms, he's a baby, and he's seven and oh. He's got got uh, a yeah. long way, long way ahead of him. Um, but it's looking, it's looking promising, and you know, be nice to see him just gradually step up the opponents now, not jump into anything too deep, not go, not get ahead of himself, just creep up the opposition, and you know, keep doing the same, and then, and then you know, then we're in for a we're in for a good ride. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ibrahim Nadim beat Johnny Phillips in the in the featherweight six rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopi Price, an, another young fighter with with a bit of excitement around him. Um, he yeah, beat Daniel Mendoza by unanimous decision. The next one I want to ask you about, Tom. Did you enjoy this? Is one that we were all looking forward to, and and it, it really didn't disappoint. Did the British title fight between um, Lee Wood and Reese Mould? Yeah, very good. Um, I'm I'm quite chuffed for Lee Wood. You know, it was a uh... You know, who is it? What is it? His third time of asking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's right. and uh, he he was always Leewood was always in the same as an amateur, like going through the championships. He was always kind of, you know, in the in the Midlands at the, the Midlands areas and quarterfinals. You know, it is the same times as as me and fighting 
fighting for at the same times as me. So I was really happy to see like another fighter from my sort of a like well my age and my amateur my amateur like uh, you know group I suppose or you know yeah. England because he boxed for England I think a few times as well for England or GB for the same same sort of time as me so it's good to see that he, he picked up the British and he did it in a, it was an exciting fight man it was a good fight I was it was entertaining stunning finish as well mate that, that left up uh, the ninth round it was oh, superb, isn't it? lovely shot lovely shot you know yeah, very, very good, very good finish that was. But it, and he and he boxed it in a nice in a nice way, you know, on that back foot. He, he, he was always very comfortable on his back foot, so I think it kind of suited him when uh, he come up when he came, you know, when he was able to do that and stick on it, stick on his back foot, stick to his movement and his slick boxing, and then land land the shots off the back foot. It was good. Uh, it was good, good to watch. Yeah, and he's, I, I tell you what I like as well about um, evolving Leewood is it seems to be a good. Good relationship there with somebody who I regard as one of the one of the best trainers in the country. Uh, well, one of the best young trainers in the country is um Ben Davison as well. I really like Ben, um, and I think that's a that's a really good working relationship they got there as well. It could be on to something good there, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always you know Ben Ben Davison has done very very well for himself, hasn't he? You know, he's he's mm. he's pulled some you know Billy Joes and Tyson Furies and pulled them out of situations where. They're, they're on a downward slope, downward spiral mentally or mm. physically or whatever, you know, he pulled them back. So, you know, he, 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 he seems like one of them, he obviously is very knowledgeable, um, very knowledgeable of the game for, for a young head. But he also seems like one of those sort of co- uh, coaches who he can tap into the fighter, as in tap yeah. into their men- the mental side of the fighter and get them enjoying getting enjoying what they're doing and looking forward to what they're doing. So I think that's really important. And especially if you're like Lee Wood, third time of asking at a British title or when you've had issues and things and you, you're coming back. Yeah, I think that's really important to have a to have a trainer like that uh, behind you yeah. and, 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 um, and motivating you that way. I agree, mate. Well, Tom, I just hope that our listeners haven't had enough of us yet because we <laughs> are going to be back and we, we are recording this week because we do like to go on as we know <laughs> listeners will be aware of it by now we do like to go on a little bit we sometimes go off on a tangent um but that's the way we are so we've decided we're going to record an extra podcast this week tom just to preview um another exciting weekend we've got a boxing to look forward to isn't it yeah big weekend ahead i'm looking forward to this weekend fights oh, it's gonna be good yeah, so everybody, please stay tuned. Um, our next podcast will be dropping sometime this week as well. Just to preview the the Avenician and Kelly card, um, the MTK show, and also there's a Mexican dust up as well at Super Featherweight between Miguel Buchelt and Oscar Valdez, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, so Tom, yeah. yeah, it's over for now, mate. But um, I will catch up with you on Thursday and look forward to it, mate. Yeah, no problem. I'll catch up with you later in the week, mate. <laughs> yeah, take care. Nice one, Tom. Pleasure, mate. Cheers, Kieran.